Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast. My name is Tommy, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm happy to be back in California. Yeah. Um, that's the best thing I can say about today's game. <laughs> yeah, you're happy that you watched it more comfortably than it could have been. Yeah. So, as you it guys was, probably uh, know... It was, a rough, it was a rough watch. Yes, this was probably the roughest watch of the season for me. As you guys know, we are coming to you here Sunday night after the Packers 23-21 to loss to the Washington Commanders with their backup quarterback in. This one sucked. This game was awful. It was bad to watch. It was slow. There were a lot of penalties, and the Packers looked inept for most of it. We're going to break it all down here for you guys, but this was definitely... This was bad. This was really bad, Dad. I, I have nothing else really to say. Yeah. It was was that your gut check time? Yeah, so before we get into our gut check time officially, <laughs> I just want to really quick pitch some of our social media. It really helps us with our numbers. If you would come give us a follow on Twitter, at uh, FatherSonPacker. From there, we tweet when we have new episodes up. We tweet articles surrounding the Packers that we find interesting, that we think you guys might find interesting. We tweet Packers news and our reactions to them. And so it would be really nice if you came and gave us a follow. Really help our numbers. Once again, that's at FatherSonPacker on Twitter. And then if you want to come subscribe to us on YouTube, FatherSonPackers Podcast, that would also really help our numbers. We'd really appreciate it. That's where we can you can also listen to our podcast recordings there. Um, but just subscribing there would really help with our numbers, and we would appreciate it. Beyond that, as you guys know, we can fi- you can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, wherever podcasts are found, you can find us. But, Dad, I kind of talked a little bit already about my gut check. Uh, fairly disgusted and sick to my stomach if we're doing gut-themed puns. How do you feel? So the way I look at this... This is probably the angriest I got during a game, which I don't I don't think it was their worst game they've played yet, yet this year. No, I don't think so either. But it was really bothering me. And yeah, the other thing I say with the gut check on this team is that they're showing the signs of a bad team in that they're finding ways to lose. Yeah. Which is really kind of discouraging in that so many just mistakes they're just plays just mistake prone football yeah and if i could expand on my gut check i mean they have all the the marks of a bad football team like they're finding ways to lose games it's never the same thing it's always something different each week that is going wrong whether it's the defense versus uh the giants or it's the offense versus the jets or it's a combination of everything today they are finding ways to lose games that they shouldn't be losing. They're losing to bad football teams. The individuals aren't executing. The scheme is bad. The play calling is questionable. The way the scheme seems to be taught to the players is not clicking with them. The players are not disciplined. They're getting after the play penalties left and right. I mean, Slayton versus the Jets, and then Eric Stokes here today versus the Commanders, just giving away free 15 yards. I mean, they have all the marks of a bad football team right now. That's my gut check. Yeah, I think the the frustration at uh, the bad play is bubbling to the surface. And that's also a bad thing. Yep. But anyway, those are our gut reactions. We imagine you probably share the similar ones, but we're going to hop over to the injury update where on Saturday, uh, so this was a major talking point for the game, and I think we should probably address it is on Saturday, David Bakhtiari was added to the injury report with a questionable tag. According to, uh, And he ended up not playing this game. He was uh, inactive. And according to Ian Rappaport, there was no new tweak for his knee. It just, quote, wasn't feeling great, which to me is an enormous yikes. I think it would yeah, have I mean, been better if it was a tweak. The fact this that... Is... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the wasn't feeling great was a story we kept getting before when he was out for so long, that it wasn't feeling great, it wasn't feeling great. No new injury, it's just not feeling great. Yeah, when I saw that questionable tag yesterday appear after, you know, everything was fine on Friday, I was like, the alarm bells going off. Yeah, and Ryan Wood posited the question that, I mean, earlier in the year, he was he referenced Matt LaFleur saying that even once Bakhtiari was back, they were not going to have him practice three times in a week. And now back-to-back weeks, he did practice three times during the week. And so Ryan Wood posited, like, hey, is that 
did you push him too hard too quickly and that's why he can't play but beyond that i think just the fact that now we know that any saturday bakhtiari's knee might just flare up and he suddenly can't play and the whole game plan has to change and players have to be ready to play i mean if i could just really quick read a quote from zach tom who did end up uh playing left tackle today rookie zach tom said quote you can just see it the way bakhtiari looks in practice sometimes you've always got to be ready man that's bad that's really bad just that they you can't i hate to say it because like when he's out there he's playing well but you can't trust him to be out there you could have less than 24 hours notice that you need to switch your left tackle is what we now know any week and that's so scary Yep, and they did a lot of it. So we should maybe just talk we, about what the offensive line was, which we well, didn't really. Let's let's talk about oh, that a little later. Finish the, let's finish the, the injury report. Okay. Yeah. So that's just so scary going forward. It has so many implications on roster construction and how this team is going to look in a year from now. But beyond Bakhtiari, Sammy Watkins was activated off IR for this game and played. Um, some uh, some good, some bad. Uh, Rashawn Gary sustained a concussion during this game in the second half in the third quarter and left and did not return. He's going to be in concussion protocol this week, most likely. Um, then Alan Lazard was dinged up a bunch of times during this game and came, left and came back and left again and had a shoulder injury. Um, and then beyond that, Darnell Savage, they had to look at on the field once, but he came back and played the rest of the game. Jair Alexander, they had to look at on the field once, but he came back in and played. Um, so I would not be surprised if the Packers have a bit of a laundry list on Wednesday for their injury report. Yeah, probably several of those guys, even though they finished the game, will show up as questionable or limit, limited in practice, I suppose. Yeah. The, the, the most likely scenario. Yeah. But anyway, those are the injuries. Keep an eye on those throughout the week, and we'll be touching on those in our pregame on Thursday for when the Bills next week or when the Packers next week play the Bills on Sunday night football and that will be so much fun for everyone involved. <laughs> um but anyway, continuing on with this game dad, do you want to go hit our game breakdown? Sure, we can and, start off. Yeah, let me just uh start us off. Uh, so going into this game in the pregame if you guys didn't get a chance to listen, uh one of the biggest topics we covered is what we wanted to see from this Packers team in order to give us a bit more faith going forward. And so in this post game, we kind of wanted to address how our quote-unquote wish list for the Packers went this game. Um, We're going to start with the offense before hitting our usual good things and bad things that we had for um, the offense. But, Dad, do you want to kind of talk about how the Packers kind of, whether or not they checked any of these boxes, even though it it was a bad game, but did they do any of the things that we wanted to see today on offense? Right. So a couple of the things, one of the, we, we both had things we wanted to see about the offensive line. And one of the things that I had was whether they could be more assignment sure on the offensive line. You know, fewer mistakes, um, not no missed assignments, you know, handling stunts. And they definitely did better in that. Um, they didn't give up any sacks. I think there may have been like one blown assignment on some kind of uh, – stunter you know, game by the D line, mm-hmm. but they didn't give up. It was actually mostly pretty solid. And the other thing about the, uh, well, do you want to, do you want to touch had... on, do you want to touch on your second one? And then I'll use that. My other one to lead into our goods and bads. Do you want to touch on that? Stay balanced, run pass on early downs. Oh, well that was actually one of yours. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> well, anyway, one of mine was, thank you, dad. Uh, so, <laughs> This this game just has me all kinds of <laughs> just annoyed. Uh, but anyway, stay balanced on run pass and early downs. Uh, short answer, no. Uh, but the penalties really did mess up the plans. Um, first possession, run, run, pass with a drop, and they punted. Second possession, pass, pass, run, and they ended in a, did end up with a touchdown. So one of the rare times where they went pass, pass, and it went okay. Uh, run pass pass punt, um, but they lost so many yards. That was the Aaron Jones like negative six yard run where he kind of ran back and tried to make something happen and ended up losing like an extra four yards. Um, run got pass, Rod, got, got uh, Aaron Rodgers blown up too. Yeah, yeah, Rodgers got smacked on that play. Run pass pass, but a holding. Run pass pass and a punt. Pass pass run. Pass pass pass. So not as balanced as we would like, but 
based on how the drive started, it didn't seem to impact the result of the drives in this scenario, where it had in the past where 70% of the drives where they started, or 70% of their three and outs, they started pass and pass on the first two downs. Um, but the other thing that we talked about, which I think is probably the most important for this game and going forward, is I really wanted to see a change on the O-line, and we did at least get that. So jumping into that, I the Packers completely shuffled their O-line going into this game. If you didn't know their previous starting O-line, it was Bakhtiari left tackle, John Runyon left guard, Meyer, Josh Myers center, Royce Newman right guard, and Elton, ta- uh, Elton Jenkins at right tackle. And they completely spun that on their head and went with Zach Tom at left tackle, although it probably would have been Bakhtiari if Bakhtiari could have played. But then Elton Jenkins at left guard, Josh Myers at center, John Runyon at right guard, and Yash Nyman at right tackle. So only Josh Myers staying in his original spot. Completely changed it up, and I really like the, at least the decision-making process of these changes. I think that this shows i think i thought the new new unit did much better than the first there were more penalties i think but i think just give them some time i think that this does put the best five on the field and i thought tom was actually okay at left tackle but i think more importantly it shows a willingness to make dramatic and sweeping changes which i think is a more like more importantly just just the ideology of being willing to try new things is a good sign from this coaching staff. Dad, what did you think about the new offensive line? Yeah, it's great to see them do something. They um, did what a lot of people were calling for, um, which was to put Nyman on the right tackle and move Elton to one of the the guards. I didn't necessarily think they would go this way because they had also said, well, we don't want to change too many people at once. But And, and Runyon said something about wanting to stay on the left side, but they put Elton back at the left side where he started really and has played more in his career than on the right. And maybe it makes a difference in terms of which knee it was that he injured, that he's actually able to kick and slide a little bit better on the left side than on the right side. There may actually be um, a concrete reason physically for why it's better for him to be on the left than the right. Mm-hmm. On top um, of so the fact that he doesn't need to kick and slide as much at guard. Right. Besides, right, there's the, being the inside of that, but also which side may actually make it. So the, both of those things combined as a reason to to have hope for him being better in guard right now, at least than he's been out at right tackle. Um, and the, the, yeah, being able to make a change is, was, yeah. uh, and you really rewatch, nice to see. you rewatch the game. Would you agree that this version of the line looked better than last week? Yes. They didn't actually give up that many pressures. It was much better than last week. And, and Washington has a good front too. Um, yeah. We I detailed thought, that Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne are major threats on the inside, and Montez Sweat's very good. And they, they right, so I, I would say for the most part, they held up pretty well. I think Nyman had two holding penalties. I was looking through that play-by-play um, play a little bit now, and I think those were the only O-line holding penalties. There's one on Tunyon as well as a holding penalty, and then there are some other, um, like, sort of procedural, like, yeah, um, another mark lining of, up in the wrong place. Yeah, another uh, mark of bad coaching. Yeah, right. And not everybody just knows where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and if we're sounding too positive about the offense, uh, don't worry. We're we're about to make the heel no, turn of a century when we I mean, when is, we hit but, the. Bad but I think things. they did. They have made a much better offensive line right now than what they were trotting out there um, earlier in the year. So yes, let's take the positives where we can get them. Yes, and let's kind of touch on the rest of the positives. I do not have much for the offense. It was pretty miserable. I'm just kind of grasping at straws, mostly. They didn't have any turnovers, is all I've got for the offensive line. Besides, besides the, besides the offensive for the, line. For the offense, yeah. Besides like the just the fact that they were willing to change the offensive line, they didn't have any turnovers. That is the end of the positives that I have for the offense. Do you do you have anything more? Because I was I have a few small okay. things here. So I also had a bit about the offensive line. You know, they holding up in pass pro is one of my um, good things that we've already kind of covered with the talking about the changes. But I thought they did a nice job with Jones in the passing game. Yeah, he led the team with ten targets and nine catches. And I really that that TD pass was actually a beautiful play. It looked to me. Rather Devonte like the way that Rodgers threw it to him high, and Jones go, high points the ball as he 
as he's spinning and gets the feet down. It was just a beautiful play. As a show of how despondent I am with relation to this team, I was 100% sure he dropped it. I was so sure he did not catch that ball until I saw that. Because the original look on it, you couldn't actually see the ball as he was coming down. And I was like, they're going to show the replay, and it's going to show the ball popping out the of the ball, bottom. like dragging so on the sure. ground, right? Because it was the 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 sideline camera hit, yeah. had the ball hidden by by his body, so you couldn't see it. Yes, but maybe I'm just a curmudgeon because he did catch it. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and that drive actually was pretty good. The way they a good tempo, they're they're moving the ball, they're working around, and uh, a lot of good plays. It actually, you know, I'm really looking for something to be happy about is like i actually despite all the problems that Mari's had and lots of things like he's only had like two, you know four catches in his career or five going into this game and the, yeah. another freaking drop on a punt another I actually th- thought that catch that he got and the run after catch were like that was that was nice that was a great effort to get that first down um yeah i was i was talking like, with some people about this he is awful as a punt returner and should never be back there again. But he's not – I am not done with Amari the receiver. He's I better on offense than he is on his the – they're, they're doing him a disservice by putting him at punt returner. He can't yeah. do it. He's displayed he can't do it. He's okay at offense, but you're shattering whatever confidence he has by putting him back at punt returner and just having him muff punts every single week. I mean, he showed one of the things that we were hoping for that we that he ability he had, which is to break tackles and create after the catch. And I would like to see more of that. But yeah, as yeah. As, as a punt returner, you you have what's what's job number one as a punt returner? Catch the ball. That's yes. the only that's that. <laughs> and the number of times where his percentage of failing to do that is just way too high. After the muff punt today, he had as many fumbles as he had catches in his career. Yikes. It's bad. But anyway, do you have any more good for the offense before we drop the people's elbow on this team? <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. I was not, I was caught off guard by the people's elbow. <laughs> I was not ready for that one. That's, that's um, good. Keep that going. Good. Just keep going. <laughs> but, uh, uh, what else was, you know, Lazard made a couple of nice plays, though he had his yeah. drop as well that killed the first possession. So everybody had, even the people who did something good had kind of a mixed bag. Um, I would say I mostly didn't notice um, Jenkins, Myers, or Runyon. Yeah, especially with Runyon so, in a new position. That's so that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, and 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 uh, I I tried to watch. Zach Tom a little bit, and I need to go back and watch with a little bit more of an eye. But I thought he was holding up pretty well on the on the edge and pass pro. So, yeah. Um, but do you want to move to our? But let's let's move yeah. on. There are there are bad things to say about this offense, so we yes. might as well get into it. And I'll hit them first. I'll rip the bandaid off. Um, number one, I thought that the third down offense. Well, I not that I thought the third down off. The third down offense was terrible. Um, they were 0 for 6. They did not convert a third down in this game besides two for penalties on the second-to-last drive, uh, which don't count as third-down conversions. Um, according to Rob Domofsky, they failed to convert a third down for the first time since week 6 of 1999, when I was one year old. So <laughs> take that. It's, it's, it's bad. This offense is awful. Um, situationally, points-wise, it's terrible uh beyond that don't forget they they were also for one on fourth down that's true thank you just just to throw that throw the log in that fire um otherwise um i thought rogers was pretty miserable today um only had 194 yards passing i mean he played about to the level of taylor heineke and it's to the point where he was missing so many guys and off target and just weird decision making and it's Grabbing his thumb after every play. I mean, I I had this discussion with a few people. I'm inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't think the drop-off would be quite this acute. Like, it wouldn't be quite this sudden. I'm thinking he's not healthy. I think the hand is a bigger problem than they're letting on. I mean, he hasn't practiced on either of the Wednesdays since that game. 
And then he's a full participant on Thursday and Friday, but he's grabbing at his thumb on the sideline. They're showing shots of him grimacing after almost every throw. And he's missing guys by like, he's throwing it at their feet a lot and missing in the flat, missing easy throws. And I mean, it could just be he's washed, but I think he's just, I, I'm leaning towards just not healthy. Um, and then besides Rogers, just having a terrible, no good game. Um, the receivers were really bad in this game. This was, uh, we were talking about before the, the show that this was the first game where I was like, wow, the Packers receiving talent is losing them this game. They had, depending on what metric you check and what site you look at, anywhere from six to eight drops. And it wasn't just one guy. It was Lazard had a drop on third down. Dobbs had a drop. Tanyan had a drop. Jones had a drop. Dylan had a drop. And just more than any other game, the deficiency at the receiver position was so stark. I mean, beyond just drops, third down, quick out to Dobbs, a play they've run a million times with Devontae in the past. Um, both the other receivers on that side are supposed to block. Sammy Watkins instead runs a go route right by his man, and the guy the guy that he's supposed to block comes up and just smacks Dobbs for an incompletion. I mean, it's just not good enough. I don't know. The offense is the offense is bad. The players playing on the offense are not playing well. Um, from Rodgers to the receivers to until this week, that I think the O line was acceptable at least this week. Uh, the tight ends have been okay. The running backs have been okay, uh, up and down. Good when they get the ball, but not always producing to the level that you would expect them to. I mean, Dylan had his lowest snap share since two years ago. I think I think he played like less than thirty percent of snaps today. Yeah, it was they just didn't put him out on the field. I mean, that's kind of my rambling about the Packers offense, but there was a lot more bad than good, in my opinion. Yep, and I can uh, jump onto that as well. Might as well pile on. Might as well. It's kind of that feels like that kind of game. So it's like Dylan is, is like really struggling right now he's, yeah. to make something happen. I mean, he's not really getting anything going most plays. Um in the run game and he's not been as reliable catching the ball this year. Yep. So he's really been struggling. I feel like with Rogers, you know, he's had a lot of throws. So there's some throws that he has and low seems to be a thing. You're right. Where, he's missing low a lot, just throwing at their feet. And, and and then he's got a lot of throws. So I feel like he has so few that are like really center of the target. And a lot of the, even, you know, on the edge of the target where, yeah, the receiver should make that catch, but it still wasn't throw wasn't right there. But besides that, were a lot of yeah, as you mentioned, the drops on third down or that put the offense behind the chains when they had the chance to like make half of the distance, and so instead they're left with a third long. Like the well, the, the first drive ended with a Lazard drop that would have been a first down. I think it was. Um, Another drive in the first half ended when Dobbs dropped one. This was after a penalty. So they yeah. had that. Yeah, I feel like there's so many of the drives that are either killed by a drop or a penalty. Yeah. Put them behind the chains. And sometimes it was both. It was a combination. Yeah. And it was a big ref well show today. Get That's the what we daily were... double. Yeah. It was a big ref show today. The refs were throwing yeah. so much laundry was, on the field. It made for I was, a horrible I was game. yelling at the TV, I think, you know, as I mentioned more in this game. Though. And then the other thing about the receivers, they had a lot of passes that were actually broken up by the defensive backs because um, they were just blanketed. And these were, we were talking about this before the game that the Washington cornerbacks are not highly um, graded. So that's not, that's not a good, uh, um, sign of how, yeah. how your receivers are performing and if you can't just get, couldn't get open it's like they yeah. juiced and um wild goose and i don't know how many what the other guys were were knocking balls away from our receivers yeah i mean the offense just it wasn't good enough and the defense had a lot of problems too do you want to kind of top over to that or do you have anything else for the offense i think we just move on to the de- the defense now and, yeah let's um, uh start with what we were looking for and hoping that they could maybe do to give us some hope. Right. So we each had a couple of things that it turned out that we were looking to see from the defense this, this week. You want to, you want to go over the ones that you had? Yeah. So my first thing that I really wanted from the defense was for them to tackle better. Um, they were really good tackling team last year and this year they've been bottom tier. Um, I would say a bit of a mixed bag. I think it was definitely better but still not as good as last year and definitely still 
making the tackle, but still letting the opposing player fall forward a lot and get two to three extra yards and yeah. set up more favorable down and distance and just not setting the tone as much with tackling as you would like. Right. Or just kind of just pushing the pile for an extra like five or six yards. Does that even, does that even count as a missed tackle if you're eventually brought down by the guy who um, contacted you, but it's like five yards down the field and without him ever letting go? Is that if, still the same tackle? If you get dragged 10 yards by someone's ankles, but then eventually you get him down, is that a missed tackle? I mean, it's, it's a, you need to have another stat, would, which would be like yards after initial contact for you as a tackler. Um, but anyway, I just didn't think the the tackling was was great, but it wasn't as bad as it had been. And then the other thing that I was looking for was what, for them to win the turnover battle. Uh, they should have had two turnovers. Um, uh, they had a Devontae Campbell pick six, and then they had a Rasul Douglas pick six get called back for... Or scoop, scoop and six. Scoop and six, yes, sorry. Called back for a legal contact on the other side of the field by Eric Stokes, which was just such a... I'm not even gonna say awful. Such an annoying call. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and there were other ones where you know Douglas had his hands on a ball, both hands on a balls that he dove for, that he didn't come up with for the pick, and then he and Jair kind of both crashed into each other on a potential interception. Yeah, on the Heineke lobbed uh, one up on the left sideline on the first on their first possession. Yeah, but those are those are the things that I was looking for. I would say 0 for 2 on both of them. They didn't technically win the turnover battle. It was 1 to 1. Um, they at least forced a turnover, which is nice, but not yeah. quite not quite up to the level of what we wanted to see from the defense. Let's Although say the they tackling was, was better. Yes, the tackling was improved. And the turnover it, it margin was improved. was improved. It was improvement. It just is not quite to not what I wanted to, to see. Not to the standard. It's improved, yeah. but not yet at the standard. And the, the defense, the I didn't think, was as bad as the offense um, this game. No, if you look through the possessions of the offense, it's like oh, a lot of, like, you know, three plays, four yards, five plays, minus two yards. I, I went through every drive, and there are a lot of drives like that by the offense. It's just ugly. They, Rodgers didn't get over 100 yards passing until deep in the second half. I thought we were done ranting about the offense. Okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's hard to resist. It's yes, like, it is. no, just give me one more little piece of that ranting about the offense candy. Let me at him. Let me at him. Uh, but so anyway, what so were your things? What I was looking for, for on, on defense was, can the defense maintain their performance for two halves? That's one thing I asked for it was hope, um, before this game. And the answer is nope. Nope. And I will talk another, about that in more yeah. another another more detail um about about my, my thoughts on that. Yeah, we'll and, talk about that more later, but a resounding no. They collapsed in the second half again. And then I'd like we were hoping for continued aggression from the defensive backs this game that we that they implemented last week, and I would say that was mostly a yes. They definitely they started the game more aggressive than they had yes. previously. They were they were crashing you know um, d- driving on the ball when it was they were really the getting their hands in at the catch point. They were really forcing the they ball. They had out. a lot of pass breakouts, break breakout breakups. So that was, I, I think that that one. I'm going to give that one a yes. Okay, one out of one out of four ain't bad, right? Right. Um, but anything, Wendy, do you want to kind of get into our so let's, things let's we like, things good, we didn't like? Yeah, let's get into our good things. Yeah, so good things. I mean, they're definitely, I think, more good things. Um, than there were for the offense. Um, I'm just going to run through mine really quick. Um, I thought they were quite aggressive in the secondary, at least early. And they did get a lot of pressure up front. Uh, They had 17, uh, according to PFF, they had 17 pressures on 35 dropbacks for Washington, which is pretty decent pressure rate, Um, especially considering the fact that they didn't have Rashawn Gary almost the entire second half. Um, And it was pretty much Enigbare and Hamilton. Shout out to Enigbare. Enigbare had a nice game, and I thought Preston Smith had an excellent game. I thought this box score won't say it because he didn't really rack up a lot of numbers, but he was present in the backfield on numerous runs, was getting really good pressure. I thought he had an excellent game. Um, Beyond that, they actually forced turnovers, uh, which was nice that we talked about before. Um, They should have had another forced turnover that we didn't mention, but they ruled that the player reestablished possession on the ground, which... I mean, if you mm. put it to super slow-mo, yeah, but if you look it's at like, that in real time, there's no way he had it. How long do you have to actually stop the ball from moving? You know, how many milliseconds does that have to be to, to uh, count as possession? 
when you're laying yeah, on the ground. Exactly. And beyond that, um, the linebacker play felt really good today. Uh, Campbell had a really nice game. He had four defensive stops per PFF. He had three tackles for a loss, uh, a pick six, a quarterback hit. He had the most solo tackles on the team. I thought he had a really nice game. And this was the first game of the year where I was like, that looks like first team all pro Devontae Campbell. He looked really good out there. The pick six was incredibly impressive. Um, and then I thought Quay Walker had a really nice game. Uh, he wasn't perfect, um, but they let him rush the passer a little bit more, and he had one hit and two hurries on six pass, ru- pass rushes, according to PFF, which is a really nice pressure rate. Um, I think it's nice to let him use some of his athleticism closer to the ball, and I think that's a good deployment of him um, because I think up to this point, I would say his play was average, um, but letting him be a bit more aggressive is good from the coaching staff on defense. I like that a lot. And then beyond that, just to shout out, like I said, I thought Preston Smith had a really nice game, and I thought Rasul Douglas had a really nice game. Uh, I thought he was, to be honest, I thought he was the only member of the secondary who really showed up today. Um, he had three pass breakups, and then that scoop and score that didn't count through any fault of his own. Um, it wasn't his fault that it didn't count, but he still made an excellent play. Um, but yeah, those are my positives for the defense. Definitely more than the offense had. Dad, did you have any that you wanted to touch on? I had a, I had a few things, though. Some of the things we've already touched on, like uh, they're really aggressive, getting hands-on passes in the first half, disrupting the, wa- the Washington offense. I mean, that, that first Washington possession was almost like exactly what we're looking for in a lot of things. Like there, There's just a bull rush from multiple pass rushers getting right in Heineke's face as he's trying to throw that. You mean the one and down, him- in, and down in Washington's end zone? Yeah. Did you see that they put Gary over the center? I saw. I, I missed that. You you had uh, um, texted that to me, but I, I haven't gone back and actually looked to see how they lined up. But I was watching, and they're collapsing the pocket, and he's just like just throwing it up. And, and uh, so there was a, a kind of a combination of the the pressure and the coverage coming together for a really nice play. And they, they and, and they maybe could have had a um, pick on that one. And yeah. that whole that whole defensive possession was really was really nicely played with with aggressive pass rush combined with um, tight coverage. And I thought they were more aggressive in some of their pass rush schemes as well. You mentioned Quay Walker. I think that's something they should be taking advantage of a little bit. I mean, the defense um, was very good early. I mean, they jumped out to a fourteen to three lead, <laughs> but then they gave up twenty straight unanswered points. So yeah, well, it's it was, the same thing as yeah. we've said before. <laughs> And, uh, you know, of course, you mentioned Campbell had a great game, tackles for a loss, the pick six, where he just basically... Um, he, he he big board the other guy. He, he ripped he just it out big of his boyed, It was yeah. McKissick, I think. And he just mm. he just took that ball away from him, took, said, stole I'm, his lunch money, I'm and ran in the end stronger. zone with it. He said, I'm bigger and stronger. And, and Preston had, a, had several nice tackles um, and uh, and pressures as well. I thought he had a good game. And Eddie Barry, he had the, the one sack, which was the only sack that counted for the game, and then he had the other one that didn't end up counting for a sack because they said it was a forward pass instead. But yeah. it was uh, very close to another sack. Oh, and I did want to say one more thing for a positive. The D-line hustled really hard today. There were multiple like six-yard you know, six gains, uh, um, one specifically by Wyatt and one specifically by Kenny, but I'm sure there's some I'm forgess- forgetting. Those are the exact six- two plays I was thinking of too. Exactly. Where it's like a six-yard gain on sec- like second and eight. That would have been a 20-yard gain if Wyatt or Clark weren't sprinting back from the D-line, all 300 pounds of them, to trip up the guy just as he's about to get to the first down. And they forced two-third downs out of that that otherwise would have been big chunk plays for the Washington offense. Um, So, yeah, I think that that's definitely another positive I wanted to touch on and something I'd kind of forgotten in, in looking back at this game is that the hustle was good. The effort was good. So at least there's that. But Dad, yeah. do you want to kind of jump on the 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 bad and start us out there? Sure, I'll go. I'll go first on the bad things. And so, but, but I felt like those are some plays I, I kind of forgot about. I should have mentioned, but I felt like overall the defensive front didn't have a great game. Um, they weren't getting. They only got the one sack. They weren't getting to Heineke enough, um, and they were giving up. I felt too many holes in the run game. Where you're then your tackles, where you Campbell and Walker were making a lot of tackles at the second level because uh, the running backs are going three, three, and and the whole and setting the edge was something that they failed on a couple of times. Gary, Gary had in, one particular, in particular, there was one in particular. Them, I was actually, like, okay, I think where there was he one... dove inside. They're close together, and there's a big run around the right 
the offensive right side. There was one where I was like, I, I don't know what he saw there. Because that was the... I know he has a bit of a penchant for doing that, but that was one of the worst, like, over... Like, <laughs> overcommits to the center I've ever seen. Um, and just to touch on the run defense, like you were saying, um, that was another one of mine that kind of ties into that. I thought they were really bad in the run again. The running backs... Uh, specifically, the running backs had 31 carries for 136 yards, so it's about 4.4 a carry. And then Antonio Gibson, who we highlighted in the pregame as someone to watch for Washington, had 10 carries for 59 yards... Um, including a chunk 20 yarder they he, when he got out in space they did not really know what to do with him it seemed like um, he was looking unstoppable the run and, and i think the pass as well right how many, how many, he actually uh, only had three catches for 18 yards it felt like more only three for 18 yeah it felt okay. like more though because I, I i thought the same thing i was like i swear this man shredded us in the passing game but no only three for 18 it was just all the carries were going for six yards five yards and just felt like he was setting them up for easy down and distance on second and third down every single time he touched the ball. And yeah, like I was saying, the run defense, and like you were saying, the run defense just wasn't good enough. Do you want to continue on to your next one? Yeah, so this goes to one of the things I was looking for. And so once again, they were not able to prevent the long drives in the second half, like they has happened in earlier games. So, And, and one of the things that, that causes is like this really imbalanced um possession in the second halves of games and i was just kind of looking at how many total possessions there are like what was it the 15 possessions um well this game there were 13 drives in the first half and only eight total in the second half and the the packers only had like one possession plus one play of another possession in the third quarter and in, in like just like the giants they only had one possession in that whole third quarter and the time of possession of third quarter is 11, almost 12 minutes for Washington in this game and only four for Green Bay. Same thing happened to them in the Giants game, where it's 11 and a half minutes for the, the Giants, only four and a half for the Packers. I mean, it's and a trend. It's a trend now. The Packers defense, the past three straight games, has completely disappeared in the second half of the game. They did it against the Giants and it lost them the game. They did it against the Jets and people didn't really notice as much because the offense was so bad. And then they did it again today. To start the second half, they gave up a five-play, 74-yard touchdown drive. Then right after a 16-play, 72-yard field goal drive. And then a nine-play, 61-yard field goal drive again. I mean, 60-plus yards on three straight possessions to start the second half after starting really well in the first half. And just, I don't know what's happening at halftime, but they are either gassed coming out of the locker room or... Just, I mean, and you can't just chalk it up to losing Gary that they, like, yes, that hurts, but they had Gary in the Giants and the Jets game and they couldn't stop anyone in the second half. I don't yeah, know what's happening at halftime. It's half time. really weird because they have, they start off like sometimes, you know, on fire and then the second half comes around and they, or, or, or maybe even a little before, but around, then the defense just can't get off the field. No. And they, Not at all. And, and this is something that they, and they, the offense has the same problem where they can't put together enough plays in a row, you know, they, um, consistently to either get off the field on, on defense or to sustain a drive on offense. It's like something, you know, the mental error, uh, coverage bust, um, penalty, something happens where, keeps the other team going or they or torpedoes their own their own drive. And and I don't know if they're they're gassed or they're getting gashed by, you know, one, you know, five to twenty yard run after another. It's a little it's a little mysterious to me why they could be so Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I said it right this time. Yeah, and it's just they're trying to get them to not have explosive plays and like work their way down the field. But they're just kind of letting them walk it down on them in the second half every single time. Um, and it's just, it's a it's a trend at this point. It's three straight games. And I think that's the biggest thing they need to clean up on defense. My last bad thing for the defense is I thought everyone not named Rasul in the secondary had a really bad game. Um, Jair, like Terry McLaurin kind of got him several different times. Once for a long touchdown, which is like, it's hard to... It was a bit, really tough play to cover because it was a perfect throw and it was right over the top and it was really tough. But late in the game when they needed a stop, uh, Jair gave up back-to-back catches to Terry for first downs. One time not 
pushing him out of bounds when he should have. That's just a mental mistake. That can't happen there. They need to save the time. They would probably have had more time at the end of the game if he had done that. Um, and then letting Heineke throw up a prayer on like third and eight or whatever it was um, for the last first down for Washington, letting him throw up like a save me ball and having Terry McLaurin be wide open right there in the middle of the field. Oh, on the, on the right sideline there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and who was it who was in his face? Um, that one because somebody got right in his face. I, I can't remember, but it's just it's it's can't that can't happen if you're the best corner on the team. You can't let the opposing team's best receiver make these crucial plays near the end of the game. Like you need to. It was it was Kenny who was coming who was coming down on him like a freight train. And, yeah. Uh, and, 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 but then he throws it up there, the, and that was the only one. He had another time I think when Gary or somebody was in his face, um, maybe for their the last secondary field goal and threw it up and found a found an open player i mean we talked earlier the the front had a great pressure rate today and the the secondary i think just let him down like i i think they i mean i know heineke didn't pass for a ton of yards and he didn't have the best pass rating but when it mattered they uh, they didn't they didn't get stops they didn't get the stops they needed to get while the yeah, front was getting pressure situational football on offense and defense like we said plays they're not able to make it happen like we said they're finding ways to lose these games i mean it's it kind of comes down to that and that was the last thing i had for the bad for the defense did you have anything that you wanted to throw in there um i had a couple more things on the defense um there was i think that that uh the gibson td was a bit of a coverage bust by stokes Mm-hmm. He like drifts out. He starts to go up for the they, uh, the two receivers make a um, a bit of a crossing pattern, and he goes in the same direction as it might have been Amos, is covering the outside guy and leaving that Gibson to go to the middle for that open touchdown. Yeah, so that's hate, a bit of a coverage bust on that I, one. I hate to say it, but I it's I think it's officially a sophomore slump for Eric Stokes right now. He's really not having as good of a year as he did last year. Yeah, and the other thing I didn't mention is, as we said, you couldn't get the three and out when they needed it just to have a chance for the field goal for the win, giving and up it, that giving up that one first down. And it shouldn't come down to that because, I mean, the defense scored seven points and the offense scored 14. It's hard to be like, hey, defense, we need more from you than that when the offense is just really not getting it done. So but inept. They needed the when stop. When the offense and- has drives of, let's see, you want to run th- should I run through those? The second half drives? Oh, oh, I can even just go to the second half drives. Let's see. No, there are so many, though. So five five uh, plays for 22 yards, seven for 38, turnover on downs. That was the uh, the, the Watkins failure to block and the drop by Dobbs. Eight plays for 75-yard touchdown, and then three plays for 43 yards. But in the first, it was like five for 17 yards, seven for the 42-yard touch and the touchdown. Three for four yards, five for three for minus fifteen yards, five for minus two yards, one play for five yards. But that was the halftime, so that that that, yeah. that uh, possession but, was cut short. But pretty much, the defense was better than the offense in this game. I don't think the defense is the reason they lost this game at all. But when it came down to like big moments where they needed the defense to step up, they just weren't able to do it. And this is a supposed to be a defense oriented team where you need the defense to make those big plays in those moments because the offense is not good enough. And I don't know if it's fair to expect that much of them, but that's what they need for this team to be good. Yeah, the things that they most need, for, and they were kind of counting on, I think, for this team to be good this year, was to have like a top five defense. And right now, it's actually by like DVOA and other metrics, it's in the twenties. Yeah, and um, for Rodgers to be playing at MVP level, and it's not happening either. And this yeah. is what we're left with. And when you don't get either of those, you have a bad football team. And then when you have a special teams that is all of a sudden not executing, did you have anything more you wanted to add to the defense, by the way? No, we could jump into a few things over the, some special teams plays. Yeah, I mean, like we said before, Amari can't be the punt returner anymore. Um, another muffed punt that completely killed their momentum. Another game where something bad happened and the team kind of crumbled. Yeah, but it happens. It wasn't as as distinct as it usually is, but it's. I think it's still another. But this is also a thing that happens in a lot of sports where True. a team is down, they get a lucky break, and they get energized and a, a new lease on life. So that you know, 
Washington was down. They weren't doing well. They couldn't do anything. They get that muff punt, and all of a sudden, they can get points on the board. And now they're feeling better. They're ready to play. They're not you know, beat down. And I think if we you know, come down and score on that, they're going to be like so despondent. They might not be able to do anything the rest of the game. But nope, let's, let's give a little present. Yep. Let, let, them, uh, let them feel better about themselves. A bad, and, team, uh, a bad team gives their opponent life when yep. they should be stepping on their throat. And that's like they they should have gone for the like they should have gone for the been a, they should have been able to go for the kill there, but because the special teams metaphorically and literally dropped the ball, they didn't even have the opportunity to they could have maybe even put this game away. They could have like they could have like stomped out like any last sign of hope for this team and it could have been done, but um, besides that, for the special teams, um, Amari had one decent return. It was only 16 yards. That doesn't really doesn't change my mind that he shouldn't be the punt returner anymore. I mean, just the net loss on that muff punt was really bad. I'm surprised they trotted him back out there again. Um, and then Pat O'Donnell had a really nice first punt for 55 yards that went all the way down to the Washington three-yard line. But after that, I mean, he only put one punt of four inside the like 20-yard line and only had an average of 38 yards per punt, which is pretty bad when you're yeah, we, only putting one in the 20. We had two times where the, the punt team gave up good field position um, to Washington. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the special teams, after having been the best unit on this team, is just another... Two, two, bad games in a, two bad games in a row. Yeah, that's yeah, 100%. Um, do you want to kind of wrap this up, go into our closing thoughts? Sure. Um, so, players of the game? Yeah, you want to lead us off? Sure, I, I picked one from each, each side. So, I went with uh, Aaron Jones on offense. I I suppose I could have, if I watched a little more detail, uh, pick an offensive lineman in there. But I went with Jones. He was making some plays um, for the most part. Though it's still the running game is just not firing very well. And then I went with Preston. I thought about going with Campbell because I felt like this was his best game of the year probably. But uh, I also felt like Preston had a had a good game, and uh, you had uh, you had your own picks. Yeah. So my players of the game number one was Campbell. Like we said before, he just it was his uh, best game of the year. One of his better games as a Packer, I think, um, just overall, including last year. And really, I think for the first time, showed that first team All Pro form that he was in last year, and was able to kind of tap into that. And then my other player of the game was Rasul. Three pass breakups and should have been a fumble scoop and score that would have, I think, pretty much ended the game. Not his fault that it didn't count. Um, but yeah, I think he had. He was the only real member of the secondary that showed up, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, those are my players of the game. And then kind of just coming into our closing thoughts, I mean, it's just this team is not a good team. The Packers in 2022 are have all the the markings of a bad team, like we said before, they find ways to lose. Um, I know a lot of people want them to be buyers at the trade deadline and are all about them adding a receiver, going to get DJ Moore, going to get Chase Claypool. But And yeah, I, I think 100% that would make this team better. But I don't think it would make them a contender. Um, I know the NFC is super weak this year. I think the NFL as a whole is really weak this year. I was talking with some friends and I think there are only three really good teams in the NFL and that's the Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles. And then the rest are kind of middle of the pack teams to me. Um, I don't think yeah, we- adding I don't think adding a receiver lets the Packers compete at all with those other teams. I mean, the Chiefs scored 44 on the Niners today. I don't think the Packers could score 44 on the Texans. Um, yeah. No, not the way they're playing offense. You just don't have any confidence that they can, uh, you know, run up and down the field and uh, move the ball quickly enough and in an organized way. But the funny thing is, you know, I think one reason why people say, well, if we, you, you, you still feel like the talent level isn't that far off. So they have a lot of the pieces they need, except for, I think you, you can see a deficiency at, uh, um, wide receiver and and maybe the performance of the of the offensive line is going to start getting better we'll see but it looked better today that was the that was um, the biggest good takeaway to me is the offensive line looked better and we said going into the pregame that was step one fix the offensive line and the yeah. fact that they're at least addressing step one 
is at least some solace after this game. But they're, I'm going to say it now. They're going to be three and five after next week. They are not beating the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. They, they will be three and five. It's to be expected. What happens from there, what happens from there. But there's no way they beat the Bills on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, you know, it's interesting about the NFC right now is the 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 four teams that were in like what the divisional round are uh, all bad. The Packers are three and four. The Niners are three and four. The Buccaneers are three and four, and the Rams are three and three. The only reason they're not three and four is because they didn't play this week. Exactly. Lucky them. <laughs> Wish that and... could have been us not playing this week. Uh, but anyway, um, do you have any closing thoughts you have? Before so we wrap I feel up? like the same thing is that they just seem to be finding ways to lose and you know the and and uh you know was the offensive line just kind of collapsing uh under pressure though um, for a couple of weeks though they seem to have shored that up but now penalties or or drops are um ending drives uh, when they otherwise should be moving the ball and and they just as i said before they just can't string enough good plays in a row either on offense or defense, to sustain a drive or to get the defense off the field, which is, I think, one of the reasons why the uh, offense, they go through these lulls where the, the defense gives up these long drives because, you know, eventually the other team's going to have uh, success on a play and, and just move down the field. And and as I mentioned before, that the, the, the receivers mostly seem to be unable to get open. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a different problem every single game, which is enough to tell me that I I don't think this team is very good. But anyway, Deb, that kind of does it for our breakdown of this Packers of this Commanders. Break, of, this break, of this breakdown? Our breakdown of this breakdown of this Packers Commanders 23-21 loss here on Sunday, October 23rd. We will still be bringing you a pregame this Thursday for the Packers and Bills Sunday night football game. I'm going to warn you now, it will probably be maybe a little depressing, but we will be here all the same. We would love if you would come check it out. I know we're selling. We're really selling it right now, but please come check it out. I think we'll have some at least ideas. Well, for like, they'll, they'll win this game after playing like crap the last three. Did you see that's what Roger said? He said, maybe this could be good for us because no one's going to expect us to win versus the Bills. I was like, no one would have expected you to win versus the Bills if you won this game either. Um, they're 10.5-point underdogs uh, against the Bills next weekend, but we will be doing that pregame this is on Thursday. how the line is opening at, 10.5 yeah. points. Wow. They will, it'll when, be the first uh, one, time It will be the man. first time that Aaron Rodgers is a double-digit underdog, I think, in his career with the Packers. I was wondering how long it had been. Yes, I believe I read that. Um, but yeah, come check us out Thursday night. Follow us on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. But until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.